On today's episode of the Thriving in Ministry podcast, Dace Clifton and I will be talking about why pastors need a sabbatical. How is it that pastors taking time away from your church may actually be the best thing for your church? This is a Thriving in Ministry podcast brought to you by Daily Pastor. I'm Kyle Willis, your co-host, and Dace Clifton is back from sabbatical and sharing his thoughts with us today. Well, we are recording this the morning after Election Day, and we still don't have any idea who's going to win this thing. Uh, So I apparently have not had enough tension in my life. So we're bringing that to pastors and church leaders here on the Thriving in Ministry podcast as we debate uh, ministry sabbaticals. You ready? Well, I'm absolutely ready. This is definitely a polar opposite day because... You know, me coming off a, a sabbatical, I feel really rested. I feel really focused and ready to work. And so I don't really feel a lot of tension, even after the election. That's shocking. So let's see if we can create some awkward moments here today, Dace, because um, a lot of pastors are probably facing this and we've talked about your sabbatical. And, you know, I imagine that there are difficult conversations happening behind the scenes for many pastors that feel like, they are on the edge of, of burnout or they need margin or they need to lead from a healthier place. And so, Dace, I am excited to talk about ministry sabbaticals and, and why they're important and necessary. But before we do that, can you share with us the verse of the day? You bet, Kyle. The verse of the day is Mark six thirty one. Jesus says, and he said to them, come away by yourself to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. It's interesting that the Son of God directs his disciples in this key time of ministry where they're very busy, very in demand, and he says exactly that. Hey, we've got to get out of here. We've got to rest. We've got to recharge. We've got to get something to eat. And uh, that's what they endeavored to do in Mark 6.31. So rest, of course, is at the core of sabbaticals, or at least the type of sabbaticals we're going to be talking about today. And so I thought that verse very appropriate. And so what we are talking about is the ministry sabbatical. Uh, In our conversation today, we're talking about the lead pastor of a church stepping away for some period of time. So more than a vacation, right? But less than like forever. So Dace, you know, what is a ministry sabbatical? Can you help define that for us today? Well, you bet. And really, just like any good dictionary, there are multiple nuances and definitions to this. And so I'll start with the one that we're going to be talking about, and that is a ministry sabbatical is an extended time of rest to replenish when you are depleted. And that could be physical, mental, emotional, and even spiritual depletion. So that's one type of ministry sabbatical. That's certainly what we'll be focusing on. Just for our listeners, there are other types of sabbaticals. There's academic and study sabbaticals. There's also another type of sabbatical, Kyle, that we can talk about on future episodes where pastors step out because of a really unhealthy issue or pattern going on in their life or potentially even some type of struggle or addiction that they need to recover from. And so those are the three main types of sabbaticals, extended time for depletion, academic or study, and then what what I'll call an issue sabbatical Uh, which typically doesn't come under great circumstances. Yeah, and I imagine as we're talking a little bit about the conflict about sabbaticals, that one's probably the most tricky and and one that if you go to your leadership board and say, hey, I've got this problem, uh, you're probably getting some sort of rest and time off, wouldn't you say? (laughs) Well, yeah, and and that definitely is the one that scares people the most. and, And really, the implications of that, 
can be so devastating for the church. Pastor so-and-so needs to step out because there's something going on that is bad. And there may not be information that can be shared publicly, so it creates fear and angst. So yeah, that's that's some serious business. That's not actually the type of sabbatical that we'll be talking about or focusing on today, but it's really an important one that we definitely are going to cover in a future episode. Oh, Pastor Joe with his unspoken prayer request. <laughs> You'll be back in July. <laughs> I get nervous just hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you get called in, that's not uh, the best day of ministry. Uh, but Dave, so I understand a little bit about what a, a sabbatical is, but can you help me understand why it's necessary? You know, one of the things that we sit here and talk about on the Thriving in Ministry podcast and through dailypastor.com is, is things like margin, burnout, leadership. Uh, so help me understand, why is a ministry sabbatical necessary? Well, the main reason is, is, is so that a pastor can lead from a place of strength and ministry is demanding work and senior leadership to be a lead pastor is a very unique nuanced role that's demanding unlike other professions now i know there are many other professions that are extremely stressful but pastoral ministry comes with some unique i hate to say the word baggage but some unique challenges that can really over time deplete a pastor they can be depleted mentally emotionally, physically. And I'm not saying that other careers can't do that, but for pastoral leadership, it's a unique and new, nuanced role that provides a lot of opportunity to be depleted. And so a pastor has to have the time and the margin to be able to recover from that depletion, from that outflow, and get his cup filled. Yes, and I'm going to save some of my questions or debates for the end of this thing. Uh, <laughs> before we understand that portion and get into a little bit of tension here, uh, you know, how is there pushback? Let's talk about that. Uh, in the life of church leadership, you know, what is the pushback around sabbaticals? Because I'm ready to dive in and give you my two cents, Stace. Well, Kyle, you know my own story. I serve in a church that had never given a pastor a sabbatical. Uh, I'm the longest serving pastor of this church of about 140 years. I've been here nine years. And it's just something that had never come up previously with their other pastors, frankly, because no other pastor had been here this length of time. And so it can be difficult for your best people to understand. And so as a, a pastor, maybe you're listening to this and you feel like you need a sabbatical, man, you've really got to be patient. You've got to be loving. You've got to, you've got to be transparent when you address this as far as why you need it. And you have to give people time to understand because frankly, Kyle, even though I'm very pro sabbatical, it is an unusual request in most situations, or at least in, in my church background. And although I believe it's extremely necessary, it's going to take a little bit of time for people to understand what you're asking and really why. Okay. So let's, uh, can, can we debate this day? So we're, we're good enough friends, right? Oh, All yeah. right. Oh, yeah. You know, here, here's kind of my thought, which is, you know, one that I'll give the caveat and say, <clears throat> not everything that I'm going to say here is my personal beliefs. Uh, although I hold some of them tightly. I, I do think I'm trying to anticipate some of the questions that may arise yeah. uh, in the congregation, in the church leadership for the pastors and church leaders listening. So yeah. you would come to and, and ask, hey, I need a sabbatical. I think the initial indication or the initial thought from the church leader who you're asking approval from is 
a couple things. So one is confusion, yep. right? And you Absolutely. say, Hey, my job is stressful. And, and I don't think your church leaders would doubt that, but yep. I think they would come back and say, every job is stressful. Sure. Right. Sure. Yep. And we want to keep, you know, some sort of status quo, meaning that if you ask for six months off and yep. Joe asked for six months off, regardless of their positions, um, I think that they should have it. So yeah. explain to me how you would recommend overcoming that objection, which is, hey, every job is difficult. Yeah. And the pastor's job is is one of those jobs. Great question, Kyle. And really, I think at the core of what you're asking, uh, what I'm hearing anyway, is the concern, is this going to hurt the church? And even in my own ministry, I mean, that really is the question. If If a church has never done it before, there's probably going to be some questions. There's probably going to be concerns. And you raised one a moment ago. Well, if you do this, then what about this person and this and this and this? And so let me say that for any pastor that's considering a sabbatical, particularly if if your church is not in the habit or pattern of doing it, you've got to make sure that this is what God wants you to do from the beginning, because there is going to be pushback. And so you've got to be really clear that in your life, is this what would most honor God right now in my life? And is this what is going to help the church and not hurt the church? And I would argue that uh, not only is it going to be a profound blessing for you, but it's going to be a profound blessing for the church. And so how you navigate those those questions, that pushback, that concern, I think, number one, you've got to be transparent. I need this because, number one, I believe this is what would most honor God in my life. If that's not the the first thing, then then why are we asking? Well, let me ask you this. So let me let me jump in. Okay. okay. So, you know, you say, hey, would this be honoring to God? Yep. All right. Let's play this in, in a real case scenario. Yep. The janitor from your church yep. comes to you <laughs> and says, the Lord has spoken. Yep. I am supposed to honor him by taking the next three months. Yep. And I still want to be paid. Yep. But this is what God has told me to do. Your response. Well, whether it's the janitor or the pastor, I think that it's our responsibility really to seek that out before the Lord, to pray, study the scripture, and walk in wisdom. You know, is it possible that that God could press that upon a janitor's heart? I do suppose that could be the case. Even if it's the pastor or the janitor, I think that you've really got to bring that before the Lord. Now, Kyle, I'll segue. When it comes to the pastor, I believe that, you know, there are specific reasons that are going to necessitate or or make the case much stronger that a pastor is going to need a break because of the depleting work of ministry. I'm not saying that cleaning the church is not difficult, but there is a, a different level of depletion, I think, when it comes to senior leadership based on the schedule, the demand, spiritual warfare, people's expectations, and things of that nature. Okay, so I'm going to put on my facilities hat and say, Boss, man, the the physical depletion is really uh, outstanding here. And so I don't think you understand how my back hurts because you sit in your office all day long. You know, I can sympathize because I've seen some really terrible church facilities. You know, I mean, you go in and you walk in and like, you know, you're just a little bit stressed. So I can definitely sympathize with that. But when we're talking about ministry sabbaticals, to be candid, most pastors' jobs are not physically demanding. They work on computers, they prepare sermons, they read books, they meet with people, they do some counseling, they they facilitate some meetings. If there's a physical demand, it's being hunched over the keyboard or over the phone. But 
it can be the case in pastoral ministry that because of the schedule, the demand, potential seasons of conflict, that there is an emotional drain, a mental drain, a spiritual drain, that you are physically impacted by that. And if there's any pastor that's listening and you are physically not feeling well because you are mentally and emotionally exhausted, that could be a check engine light, so to speak, that you need to begin to pray and consider taking a sabbatical. So yeah, it's a different role, different challenges. How we navigate that with the facilities team, I think is a little bit different than your senior leader at church. So Dace, what I hear you say is that an unhealthy pastor can be a huge liability. And I would agree with that. Uh, I think that is a very logical explanation to say what you're saying, which is, hey, if the pastor is unhealthy, you realize the problems that can come about out of this. And that would be different than the facilities person. If they're unhealthy, you know, I don't know that the liability is a lot higher because they're not sharing the stage uh, in front of hundreds of people on a given weekend, yep. communicating the power of the gospel, not to diminish that role. I yep. mean, I absolutely believe, you know, uh, what I get to do from the operation standpoint for churches. I absolutely love that role. Okay. But uh, I do see that uh, unhealthy pastor could be a, a big liability. Well, Kyle, I couldn't agree more for this reason. When a pastor is unhealthy, their ability to make wise decisions, resist temptation, are going to be compromised. And so those are the those are the real issues for the church. If you have a pastor that is fallen into an unhealthy pattern, uh, that's a huge issue. That's a door that I believe Satan can really exploit. And so it is in the best interests of the church, the health of the church, the longevity of the church, and the witness of the church to make sure that your pastor is doing well physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So you mentioned something there, Dace, and the word stamina caught my attention. Mm. Uh, so do you think that the business leaders in your church, that they have stamina or the the leaders in healthcare, the leaders in the yeah. school system, do they have stamina? Well, Kyle, it's interesting because we're still in the throes of a post-COVID world and we have educators that are in our church and man, I can see that they're stressed right now, tremendously stressed. And the same thing goes with business leaders who, you know, are, are struggling. And so when a pastor asks for a sabbatical, that's that's not to minimize or negate the fact that you know, others may need to take breaks or that others don't have challenges or difficulties. But Kyle, the difference between a, a business leader and a pastoral leader, particularly in a medium-sized church, when you have a, a senior leader and a pastor, we're so much more dependent on people that are not being paid to be there, that there is really a difference. There is a profound difference between a pastor leading a church of 125 people and a CEO leading a company of 125 employees. Um, that CEO can draw the line much more clearly, I think, and the results are just going to be a lot different. I think they're they're living in completely different worlds. Explain to me, and, and like I said, we are here to debate. Um, and so if this goes on for another like three hours, Dace, uh, I'm just <laughs> pulling wisdom from you. And once again, I will say that 
uh, necessarily these aren't my thoughts, but uh, maybe they are. Um, <laughs> yeah, let, let me ask you this. So you say uh, a CEO ha- can make the decision, right, of a 125-person yeah. organization where the pastor can't. Why is that true? Because I would say that the pastor should be able to control, frankly, a little bit better than the CEO could. Well, let me ask you this, Kyle. If you're a CEO of a company with 125 people, even if you have an open door policy, how many people within that organization really feel that they can come to the CEO and significantly influence the outcome of a decision? Probably a, a small number, probably maybe your, your your CFO and maybe a few other people. But when it comes to pastors, and I'm focusing, Kyle, on pastors that serve smaller or medium-sized churches. Everyone feels like they have a voice. And if there's any church members listening, that's one of the, the distinct differences that often goes unnoticed when it comes to the challenge of pastoral ministry, particularly those that serve in smaller, medium-sized churches. Traditionally, well-meaning saints and sheep who love their church and they love their pastor who've served there for years and decades, they very much feel like a, a stakeholder. I mean, they are part of that spiritual body. And so they feel that their voice, their opinion, and their perspective should have significant weight on their pastor. Now, does every church member feel that way? No. But in a smaller to a medium-sized church, there is a significant number of people who will feel that way. And so a pastor is put in a very unique position in the sense that they are, number one, hopefully focused on pleasing God and what what does he expect of me, but they can really quickly slip into some traps when it comes to other people's expectations and the weight that those beliefs, expectations of others should bear on the senior leadership of the church. It's challenging. It can be really difficult. Do you see, Kyle, how that's a difference from a scenario from a CEO leading a church of 125 and a pastor leading a church of 125? Is that, is that clear? It does, Dason. I think even as I'm sitting here thinking about it, especially in the, we'll call it normative church, yeah. especially when you get outside of major metropolitan areas, yeah. I see how that could be a problem because... Yeah. You go to the grocery store and someone wants to tell you about your sermon. You go to the high school football game, right? And you're having to yep. uh, be the face of the organization. So so while I may not understand all of the tension or the stress of that a pastor goes through, I also feel like there's a disconnect that many pastors have with the struggles that their leaders have. Um, and, and I'll give you an example. So you may have lay leaders out there that are part of your deacon board, and they may come to you and say, hey, this is a really rough time. Uh, the next six months or the next year are going to be really rough. Um, I've got a new kid coming on. I've got this going on in my business. Hey, not only am I not going to lead in the way that I've been helping and supporting and serving and volunteering, but I'm not even going to come to church for the next nine months. Mm. I think the pastor would feel offended by that, yeah. right? And and so that's where I'm saying the disconnect is, sure, maybe the, the people in the congregation don't understand the stresses of the pastors, but I also flip it around. And, and we've talked back and forth about this, about 
I think the number is like 50% of pastors have considered leaving ministry in the last month. Yeah. And we talk about that, right? You and I on a personal level. And I'd be like, Jace, no, 85% of people want to leave their job. Yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. And then, and then the, the sabbatical or a leave of absence, like I, I totally believe in a leave of absence where you come and say, hey, this is impacting my physical, mental well-being. Um, I'm going to step away. But it feels almost like an extended vacation. I know that's not what you're advocating for, yeah. but it feels like this is what we're doing because those routines and habits weren't there for the last seven years. Well, Kyle, I think we could both agree that organizational health is really important. And I think that when we're talking about churches, ultimately what the pastor wants and what the lay leader wants and what the person in the pew wants is they want to be connected to an organization, a body to use the spiritual language. They want to be connected to a body that's healthy, that can be a conduit in which they can be a blessing in which they are blessed, right? I mean, a healthy body, I think, is what people long for. And so whether it's your your volunteers, your lay leaders, your associate staff, or your senior leadership, that body has to work together and make sure that it's healthy and make sure that the different parts of that body are healthy. And so I don't think that health is just a an exclusively pastoral leadership issue. I think that the health has to be across the board. And I, I get you know, what you're saying, that there could be some pushback. Why can't everybody do it? I think that's probably one of the, the themes. And I think if I could leave our listening audience with anything about this matter of ministry sabbaticals, I think the first thing that I would say is you have to make sure that this is what's going to honor God in your life. The second thing is you have to make sure that you're willing to patiently walk alongside uh, your church to prepare them for this. You've got to be patient. You've got to walk with people. You've got to prepare people. My own story about it, I would never have done it if I hadn't been absolutely convinced that's what God wanted. And so a pastor's role is to shepherd, love, and care for other people. Jesus certainly put the interests of others ahead of himself. And so really, we've got to do the same thing. And so it, it can be difficult for people to understand why a sabbatic could be necessary. But there's there's other reasons that we could touch on on future episodes, I think, that are going to deepen this conversation. But if I could leave our listening audience with those three things, I think that's where I'd leave it. Well, and, and to add to that, Dace, what I would say is maybe this podcast is more of uh, a listen or something that you can share to the leaders in your church. Uh, but pastors, we want you to stop now. Go read the recent article on dailypastor.com about sabbatics because that is going to speak more to you where maybe I'm taking the opposite or an opposing view. But here's what I would challenge those um, non-ministry leaders in the church with to bring this home and wrap this up. Listen, you trust your pastor. You have to listen to them. Meaning that if they are coming and saying, hey, this is what I need for an effective ministry. This is what I need to lead you better, to lead from a place of health, to avoid burnout. If they're coming to you in raising the flag it's absolutely worth the listen and let the logistics figure themselves out. That's right. Don't default to who's going to preach in three weeks. Don't default to how are we going to pay for this or who is not going to attend our church because of it. Listen, hear the heart first, and then the logistics we can figure out later. So if your pastor's coming to you and saying, I need a sabbatical, 
make your first response not why, right, or how, but let me listen. That should be our first response is I hear you, I love you, I care for you. And as always, we hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Thriving in Ministry podcast. We are so thrilled to encourage pastors and church leaders in their lives and in their ministry to avoid burnout and to lead more effectively. Uh, If you have any questions, you can email us at thedailypastor at gmail.com and check out that article on dailypastor.com why ministry sabbaticals. That's right. And be sure to like, share, and subscribe dailypastor.com. Hey, have a blessed day. Here's how Daily Pastor supports church leaders. First, register your email to get access to our latest content. Second, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media. Third, get the encouragement and tools you need. This is a thriving in ministry podcast brought to you by Daily Pastor.